Good morning, Spirit Church. Can we all stand as we go into a time of worship today?
song for you. It's called Never Lost. God's never lost a battle. I'd like to invite the prayer team this morning. If you have any prayer requests, please bring them forward. He's here for you this morning. Miracles when you move. Such an easy thing for you to do. And your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus And your voice is calling me out Right now, I know you're able And my God, come through again And you can do By the power of the Holy Ghost A new wind is blowing right now Breaking my heart of stone Taking over like it's Jericho And my walls are all crashing down Everybody sing Right now I know you're able And my to be so strong, that every time that we came across a time in life where we needed you to be for us, you stood victorious. We set up stones to remember the places that we have been so we can look back and say, God, we've seen you do it before. We're going to see you do it again. In this place today, God, I just pray that we will begin to see chains break, hearts set free, families that were lost come to find you. Father, I pray that your power will be the one that receives all the glory, that your 
power will be the one that is at work here in this place today, God. We know you are already going before us, Father, so let's embrace this love, this joy, and this peace that comes whenever we embrace your power, God. In this moment of reverence, in this moment of prayer, to help us just focus our hearts on him today, would you join me in saying the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen, amen. If you believe that in the house today, can we give God a shout of praise? Lord, you are worthy of it all. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is up to something amazing here in this community and in this church. And to share those amazing things that God is doing, let's go ahead and let's turn to our neighbor and say congratulations to him on this graduation Sunday. Because at some point you graduated too, okay? Say congrats, ask whenever you graduated, and then check, check out the screen for announcements this morning. Welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Gabby, and we're so glad that you've joined us for worship today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family, and we'd love to connect with you. If you're here in person, you can use this QR code on the screen next to me to fill out your Connect card or your new guest card. And if you're joining us online, you can fill it out by going to spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, please don't feel any pressure to give. Instead, let this service be our gift to you. But if you're here and you want to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online on our website by going to spirit.church give. Or, as always, you can give on your Spirit Church app. Spirit Church, thanks for helping us share love, joy, and peace with our community. Now, I've got a few announcements for you. First, just a quick reminder that the ladies' tea is this Saturday at 10 a.m. Unfortunately, all of our tickets are sold out, but if you were able to purchase yours, we're excited to spend the morning with you. We still need a few ladies to sign up to decorate tables, so if you're interested in that, please contact Robin at robin at spiritchurch.com. Next Sunday is Mother's Day, and we can't wait to have our former pastor and current district superintendent, Dr. Daryl Wooten, with us. We will have a special gift for all the ladies as a way to celebrate and honor them. We're also expecting many visiting families next Sunday, so if you are available, we would love for you to consider attending at 8 a.m. to make room in the later services. And lastly, there will be no Spirit Youth next week in honor of Mother's Day, so spend that evening with your family. Spirit Church, you're the best, and thanks for listening. Now check out this video honoring the class of 2023.
Uh, good morning. So glad to have you with us, and congratulations to our graduates. This video that you, sh- you just saw featured our high school graduates, but what I want to do now is I want to invite all of our graduates to come down front. So if you graduated from high school or you graduated from college or postgraduate work, would you please come on down right here? We want to give it up for you and we want to recognize you. And there are free gift cards. So that's how we get people to come down to the front that don't want to come. I know who some of you are and I can start calling names. Uh, You're taking my sermon time right now. So move faster and get down here because I want to preach. Yeah, let's give it up for these grads that are here. Come on, we want to honor them. Awesome. Pastor Daniel and Emily, thank you for helping me pass those out. Let's just take the mic real quick, Pastor Daniel. Let's have them introduce. Some of them were on the video, some were won't. Just tell us your name and where you graduated from real quick. I'm Letty Mon. I'm graduated from Bartlesville High School. Whoop. Hi, I'm Ella Dreer, and I graduated from Bartlesville High School. Hi, I'm Dalton Linick. I graduated from Oklahoma Wesleyan University. With a master's degree. Master's degree. Uh, my name's Wyatt Patton. I graduated from Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Destiny Reeve and I graduated from Oklahoma Wesleyan. Good job, Destiny. <laughs> hey, isn't this amazing? You saw some on the video. We've got them here. We want to celebrate what God is doing in their lives. <clears throat> One of the reasons we honor our graduates, and this is going to come out kind of strange, but stay with me, is we live in a very confused world. And a confused world needs some courageous followers of Jesus Christ proclaiming truth. And in fact, that's what our message is going to center around in just a moment. But graduation Sunday for me, for these students, is a launching out. Pastor Daniel and Emily and the team have have invested into them. And people like their parents and spiritual leaders, mothers and fathers here in our congregation have poured into them. But now it's their turn to launch out into the next season that God has for them. So we're going to pray over them this morning. Would you please stand with me all across this house and stretch a hand this direction? And let's just believe God for an anointing upon these lives. Father, thank you for these graduates. Thank you for their accomplishments. Thank you for the success that they have seen. But now as they move into this next season of life, would your Holy Spirit go with them and guide and direct and order their steps. Use them, God, for your glory. We thank you that you're protecting them, that you're directing them, God, that you have a perfect plan, not just to keep them safe, but a perfect plan to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is being done in heaven. And we believe you and trust you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for all of our graduates. We love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, my name is Jason and my wife is Robin. We're so honored to serve as pastors here at Spirit Church. If you're visiting, if you're a guest today, welcome home. We would love to talk to you for a few minutes after service. We'll be in the Welcome Center just hanging out. If you want to shake hands, uh, let us get to know you a little bit better. We have a gift we'd love to put in your hands today. So thanks for being here. It is a great crowd. As Gabby said on the video, next Sunday you have to be here. It's Mother's Day. It's going to be awesome. Pastor D and Faith are coming home next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. I was with him this week, and he is so excited about the opportunity to be here. But it gets better. Because next Sunday, we have free breakfast, not just for the 8 a.m. crowd. We have free breakfast for all three services. Our team is putting together free breakfast for you. So make sure you come hungry and ready to eat. All right. Guys like Brent Fisher and Brian McDaniel, they're out in the commons. If you want to find them afterwards, if you're a guy, say, hey, I can help. I can help serve mom. I can help be a part of that. Uh, I'll help prepare that breakfast let them know. The ladies' tea is Saturday, and as Gabby said, it is sold out. So let me say this. If you bought a ticket and you're not coming, would you turn that in? Because we've got a waiting list of people that would like to come. And if you're a guy who has a wife that is coming, and you say, man, I could come help serve tea. I could come be a part of that. Would you sign up at the welcome table out there so that we can make this happen? One more thing, and then we're going to go to John chapter 16. Last week, I talked to you about Vacation Bible School and asked you to sign up, and you did amazing. You blew us away. The two areas that we still need are we need some coaches for basketball and football. So I need some really tough moms (laughs) to step in and help us coach basketball and football June 5th, 6th, and 7th. June 5th, 6th, and 7th, spirit.church slash sign up if you can help us with vbs we just need a few more volunteers it's going to be amazing pastor sherry and donnie do an awesome job pastor melanie and chris amazing job with our kids so thank you for being invested check out this video go to john chapter 16 your bible i'll be right back
So we're starting this new series called Tune In, and there are so many things that are competing for or fighting for our attention in this world today, and what we're trying to encourage ourselves to do is to tune in to what God is speaking to us. How many know or have heard that just the reality that God is always speaking to us? He's always speaking to us, but there's so many things out there that want our attention that sometimes it becomes hard to hear from God, but we, we want to hear from God. These graduates that we saw in front of us today, they want God's direction for their life. Business owners want God's direction for their careers. Single people want God's direction or hear God's voice about their future, about a spouse. Moms and dads want to hear God's voice about how to raise their children. I can't think of a single season in life where we don't want or need to hear from God. And that's why we're calling this series Tune In, because we tune in to God's voice through the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit equips us and empowers us and enables, to share, enables us to share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ. But Jesus taught us that not only does the Holy Spirit do that, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And in John 16, Jesus calls him the Spirit of Truth. Now, I want you to stand with me one more time. I promise I'll let you sit down for 28 minutes and 27 seconds after that until my time is up. But we're going to read the In the Vault text. And the reason why this is important is one of our core values as a church family is that we believe in placing the Word of God in the vault of our hearts. And so we really emphasize memorizing Scripture. God's Word is living, it's active, it's true, it's relevant, it's pertinent. And so we try to place it in our hearts. Last Sunday, many of you checked in. You got the verse right from last month. You got your sunglasses that you've been wearing. We're going to do the same thing at the end of this month. So if you say, man, I couldn't get last month's verse. I'm starting right now. I'm going to work on this verse. You've got until the end of this month, May the 27th, will be quotation station day. Here it is, John 16, 13 through 15. Say it with me, one, two, three. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you because you are always speaking. We serve a God who is alive and living and active and is communicating with us and to us. And I thank you for that because we need to hear from you. As we study your word today, would you challenge us? Would you change us? Would you make us more like you? As we dig into this message, this truth today, would it be your Holy Spirit that fills this room and not my voice? Would we hear from you? Would you communicate to us what we need to hear? And I thank you that we'll never be the same because of the, the, the power of your spirit and of your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you as you're seated. As you're seated, how about a massive hand for Pastor Daniel and that word last Sunday that he preached? I'm telling you, all week long, I've been thinking about what it means to be prepared and to be ready, and I'm making sure that I had oil in my lamp. And if you were here Wednesday night, Pastor Grant preached a message at our refresh service about victory. It was awesome. Both of those, if you didn't see, are available on our, our YouTube or Facebook social media. You need to go back and check it out. They're both outstanding. And I tell you what, after seeing our graduates, after seeing our young staff members, I am so excited about the future of the kingdom of God because it is in good hands. That's your opportunity to really clap and really shout. Because I feel really old this morning. Really old today. Now, we're talking about tuning in to the voice of God, how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. A couple of quick acknowledgments about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get nervous when the pastor starts talking about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're uncertain about it or we're afraid of it. Some, some of us grew up in churches where we knew the Holy Spirit was there, but we didn't really discuss it. Or some of us didn't grow up in church, so this is new to us. I'm going to try to go slow. You know me after hearing me preach. I love the Word. We're going to let the Word speak to us, not opinions or ideas, just the power of Scripture challenging us. And what happens is when we go to Scripture, it's the Holy Spirit who is bringing the Scripture to life for us. Another thing about the Holy Spirit, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes the words crazy, weird, or wacky go off in our minds. You can laugh. It's true. I know you were thinking it. Listen, people are crazy, weird, and wacky. The Holy Spirit isn't. And those people who are crazy, weird, and wacky because of the Holy Spirit would be crazy, weird, and wacky even if they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They're just trying to pass it off on the Holy Spirit. They're just weird people. 
okay? The Holy Spirit is not weird. He's not chaotic. In fact, the symbol of the Holy Spirit is a dove, and a dove is a peaceful animal. By the way, I need help because the geese keep resonating and, and taking up residence on the roof of Spirit Church. We are Spirit Church. We are represented by a dove and not a goose, okay? <laughs> so if you could take them to your house or something, I would be much appreciative of that. The other thing that we talk about when it comes to the Holy Spirit is tongues, and we get nervous when we talk about tongues. The Bible tells us, and it's clear, that there's a prayer language that comes when you're filled with or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, though, when I say this. There is so much more to the Holy Spirit than speaking in tongues. And let me say it the other way to make sure that I'm clear. I believe in this. I prayed in the Spirit this morning as I was preparing to come out here. But if we relegate or limit the Holy Spirit simply to tongues, we are missing the full spectrum of the dy dynamic activity of the Holy Spirit. And if you want more teaching specifically about this, about 16 months ago, which that's a long time ago, but about 16 months ago, I taught a series called Greater Things, and we dove really deep into some of these truths. One of them that was the most liberating for a lot of people, and that's so true, is you do not have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. That's, that's a, that would be considered a work, and we are saved by grace through faith, not by works. The, the, speaking in tongues is just a benefit of, of being a Christian. It's not the whole enchilada that sometimes it gets made out to be. And so with that being said, I wanted to set the stage for this other aspect of the Holy Spirit's work, which is speaking to us. And the first thing that Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit is that we've got to tune into the Holy Spirit. When we want to hear from God, we have to tune into the Spirit. John 16, 13, the very first verse of our In the Vault text, he says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So I want to show you those two words that I've got underlined there, the word when and the word he, but I'm going to do it backwards. I want to start with the word he first, because he answers the question of who is the Holy Spirit. Very simply, very plainly stated, the Holy Spirit is God. It's not an it, it's not a force, it's not some kind of power. The Holy Spirit is a person, he is God, and he is dynamic. And the moment, though, that we can fully explain all of the Holy Spirit, because it can be confusing, right? And the, the Trinity, the three in one, he's one, but he's three. And the moment that we begin to be able to explain all of those things, it takes away the divinity of God. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to serve a God that's not divine, he, we serve a supernatural God, and part of the supernatural element of God is some of these things that we just can't fully understand because not only is he supernatural, how many know he's super wonderful? Amen, has he been super wonderful in your life? Yeah, he is. And he's not mysterious, he's not spooky, he's not weird, he is God. He's the third member of the Trinity. And, and we see this at creation. I want to show you Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1, and I want to parallel it with John chapter 1, verse number 1. So here we see Trinity, which by the way, I'm showing you this because the word Trinity is not found in the Bible, but the concept is repeatedly shown throughout Scripture. In the beginning, God, that's the Father, created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So right there, first two verses of Scripture, God the Father, God the Spirit, present at creation. Then in the New Testament, John chapter 1, in the beginning, the Word, that is the word logos, means Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So right there from the beginning at creation, we see the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. If we jump forward, we go to baptism, and we see from the book of Matthew where Jesus was baptized in water. And it says, after his baptism as Jesus, there's the Son, came up out of the water, the heavens opened, and he saw the Spirit of God, there's the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. There's Father, Son, and Spirit all right there at baptism. Then, when we baptize people, because we're commissioned to go out and preach the good news and make disciples and baptize them, and Jesus says, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. Sometimes he gets uh, ignored or overlooked or not discussed or not talked about enough, but the Holy Spirit is God. That's the first important word, he, but the second important word from John chapter 16 and verse number 13 is the word when. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all truth. Well, we know from the verses that we just read, 
He didn't, he didn't come, he is, he was, he always has been. And so what's important to look at is in Genesis chapter two, in verse number seven, it says, the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and he breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils and the man became a living person. That, that breathing, that wind, that breath of God is the activity of the Holy Spirit. So we're alive, it's his breath that is filling our lungs. The reason I show you this verse is because then we go all the way to the book of John, chapter 20, and we look at what Jesus tells his disciples. This is after Jesus has been crucified, after he's resurrected and gone to the Father, he's come back to show his disciples that he's alive, and it says the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them, and look at the first thing that Jesus says to them, peace, peace. We talked about this in our heaven series and it's not really pertinent to this morning's teaching, but we serve a God of peace. And we live in a very chaotic world. But do you know that peace comes even at the mention of his name? In fact, I wanna invite us to do something right now. I'm gonna count to three and I just want you to say the name Jesus with me. One, two, three, Jesus. Just the mention of his name brings peace into chaotic or frustrating or confusing situations. Sometimes we need to be better, and I didn't tell this to the first service, and I probably won't tell it to the next service, but sometimes we need to be better at speaking the name of Jesus into our situations and our circumstances. We try to do things on our own sometimes. and He's as close as the mention of his name. And when they were scared, and when they were hiding behind locked doors, and when they thought that their lives were on the line, and they felt threatened, and they didn't know what was gonna come next, Jesus showed up and said, peace be with you peace be with you. Would you bow your head for a second? Somebody in this room needs peace. And I don't know what you're going through, but I feel so strongly that I'm supposed to do this right now. And I just pray in Jesus' name that peace that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind. That worry, that anxiety, you've been holding onto something, it's just eaten away at you. You almost feel like you have ulcers or sickness inside of you. And I'm just speaking Jesus' name over you right now. I'm not asking that peace, that, that room that you've been locked in, those doors you've been hiding behind, that Jesus would step into that situation where you are right now. And we thank you, Jesus, that your peace is guarding our hearts and minds. Thank you that you came to bring us peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So Jesus shows up among them and he says, peace be with them. He shows them the wounds in his hands and his side and they're filled with joy. And we would be too if we were there and Jesus showed up. But he said to them a second time, peace be with you as the father sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he did something unique that relates back to Genesis chapter two. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Remember in Genesis two, he breathed the breath of life and now he breathes the Holy Spirit onto them. What does that mean? That means that Jesus says, I'm going to leave you now and go to my Father, but my Spirit will indwell you. My presence will live inside of you. So for you and I, when we receive or accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord, truly what's happening is the Holy Spirit is coming and living inside of us. So the first thing that we have to do to, to allow God to guide us and to hear from him is to tune into the Spirit. And maybe a better way to say that would be to tune into the reality of the Spirit and the second part of that is that we tune into the guide. We tune into his role as our guide because John 16, 13, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The truth about guides, though, is that they are useless if you don't listen to them. The last two times that I have come home from Oklahoma City, my guide, my GPS in my truck has alerted me that there is traffic on I-44 heading back to, to uh, Tulsa and then on to Bartlesville. And it said, traffic delay ahead. The first time it happened, we'd been to an Oklahoma City Thunder basketball game. It was late at night and the message came up and it said, traffic delay, 18 minutes. And it began to suggest that I exit off at Stroud. And I thought, no. I'm not getting off at Stroud. That's not effective. That's not efficient. That is going to slow down this trip. And Robin pulled out her phone and she started looking on another app with maps and she said, you better exit. Now, I might not always listen to my truck, but I always listen to my wife. Okay? Okay? And so that's just practical advice there for some of you guys there. So we exited and we got our kicks on Route 66 
all the way from Stroud, America, all the way till we got back on at Bristow, America. All of a sudden, some people who had been at the game called us and they said, are you guys stuck in this traffic jam? I said, nope, we're on our way to uh, Kingsman, Barstow, San Bernardino, won't you get hit? For I mean, I was like, hey, we avoided it all because I listened to my guide and we were on Route 66 and we totally circumnavigated around that. The next morning, we found out that the people who had been behind us sat in a traffic jam for three hours, not moving at all, and we were around it in about 20 minutes. It's supposed to take about 28, but I might have been going a little fast trying to get... Uh, through Route 66 there. Guides are ineffective if we don't listen to them. But the Holy Spirit is trying to guide us. He's trying to direct us. He's trying to lead us into truth. Now, the biblical word for guide with relation to the Holy Spirit is the word advocate. The Greek word is paraclete, and what it means is like a legal counselor that will come alongside you. For biblical terms, that word advocate means one who comes next to you to lead you, to guide you, to help you, to counsel you, to encourage you, to defend you, or to pray for you. So we first find out, and John, by the way, the Apostle John, he writes so much about this word advocate. Let me show you 1 John chapter 2. I want to show you what he says. 1 John 2, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. There's that word that we were just talking about. An advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. So we find out, first of all, that we have an advocate with God, a counselor, an encourager, a guide, a helper, a deliverer, someone who's praying for us in the person of Jesus. But then Jesus begins to teach us in, in like John chapter, I think it's 14 or 15 right there. Yeah, John, John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will send you what? See, I always thought it just said the advocate until I really dug into scripture. And this is why we value the word of God so strongly because it's living and active and it's showing us and directing us to God's truth. Jesus says, I'm gonna send you another Advocate. It's a Greek word, alos. It means one who is just like me, who comes in beside me, who does what I would do if I was there. Look at somebody by you and say, man, that's good. That's good. And that's what Jesus says is, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you one who is just like me because he is God, Trinity, three in one. And he's going to do in my place what I would do if I was still there with you. And then he says this, the advocate who will do what? never leave you. Jesus had to leave us. He had to leave us because he died. He died on the cross. He was buried and he was resurrected to the Father. And that's why we have victory. That's why we have heaven. That's why we have redemption and righteousness and freedom. And then Jesus says in verse 26 of John 14, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, because that's what advocates do, that is the Holy Spirit. He's going to do what? He's going to teach you everything. He's going to remind you of everything that I have told you. He's going to come in my place, and he's going to build on top of what I've already taught you, and he's going to add to it while I am with the Father. Now, that's John 14, 26. If we go one chapter over, John chapter 15 and verse 26, Jesus says again, I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father, and he will testify all about me. Then the very next chapter, John 16, verse 7, this is the one that always gets me. I can't understand this, man. Jesus says, it is best for you that I go away. And I've said this before, but I'll say it every time I preach this. If I'm a disciple and Jesus looks at me and says, it is better for you that I go away, I'm the guy going, no, it's not. <laughs> no. And, I, and then he's looking at me going, get behind me, Satan, right? No, it's not better that you go away. No, he says, no, it is because if I don't go away, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, I'm going to send the advocate to you. He's going to keep doing the work that Jesus has done. He's going to keep being our counselor. And when we think about a counselor, the job of a counselor is never to tell us what to do. The job of a counselor is to guide us to the right decision. And Jesus tells us that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will come and he will guide us. Again, John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. But to be led to truth, we have to learn how to follow the leading or the guidance of the Holy Spirit, just like the GPS in my truck. Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about it. Dear brothers and sisters, 
You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Now, how many of you have heard the phrase, the devil made me do it? How many of you have said that to your mom? No, mom, the devil made me do it. No, that's not true. It's right there. We don't have an obligation to do what our sinful nature urges us to do. If we live by the dictates of our sinful nature, we will die. But if through the power of the Spirit we put to death the deeds of our sinful nature, we will live. And here's the verse that makes it all come together. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are called the children of God. Well, how are we led by the Spirit of God? We tune into the guide. We, we, we tune into the directions from the guide and we follow the guide. Now think about this for a second though. How scary must it be for people who don't have a guide? It's heartbreaking. But this is why Christ has called us to reach one more. Because we've got to let people know that Jesus is alive and through the power of the Holy Spirit, our lives can be led and directed and ordered by him. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are directed or ordered of God. I want God to order every single one of my steps, especially when I go to Walmart. Right? Don't you? I mean, yeah, we want him to order and direct our steps. We got to tune into him. The reason why we've got to tune into our guide is because our guide always leads us to truth. That's the third principle this morning. We have to tune into the truth. See, we have a guide who doesn't just guide us, he only guides us to truth. And here's why because he is the spirit of truth. He cannot do anything but guide you to truth. And, and that word in the, in the Greek, it means all of the truth. See, it's not just sometimes true or partially true or eh, about 80% of the time you can trust him. It's, it's all the truth. And like I said to our graduates this morning, our world is very confused and our world needs truth and the Holy Spirit is the one that's gonna guide us to truth. I hate to break your bubble, but politicians are not gonna be able to guide us to truth. And I don't mean to disparage politicians because some of them are actually really good and decent moral people, but they aren't truth. The Holy Spirit is truth. God is truth and he guides us to truth. And, and, and we live in a world where we never know what's true or false. Our, our whole staff got stirred up the other day in the office because somebody saw a report online that said, Bucky's is coming to Tulsa. And I mean, we stopped, we danced, we celebrated, we, did, we Jericho marched. I mean, it was on. Beaver Nuggets, we're taking a trip, we're going. because. And then they lied and said, it's right by the QT at Highway 20, at Collinsville, Skytook exit. And this is good, this is God's will for us. We got a, a Bucky's. And then somebody else pulled up the article that said, not true, they ain't coming. That's really depressing. <laughs> then we got the report, Whataburger is coming to Bartlesville. And I got, I got excited, but I didn't want my little precious heart to be broken again. So the way that I know that something is true is when our director of operations, Danny Wadsworth, says that it's true, it's true. Because if Danny says it's true, then the city is gonna accept whatever Danny says. And not only did Danny say that it's true, he then started sending us articles from the city and from the radio station and from the paper that Whataburger is... I don't want to do it because y'all might applaud too loud for that, but we don't want to live in lies and we don't want to have to constantly discern what is true and what is false. But a person who consistently leads us to truth is a person who can be trusted. And the Holy Spirit is the one who guides us into all truth all the time. Now, you've probably seen on TV the famous theologian, Jack Nicholson, and he said, you can't handle the truth. He's not a theologian, but he was actually correct in what he said because I've been showing you John 16, 13, but I want to show you John 16, 12. Right before this verse, Jesus says, there is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't handle the truth. You can't bear it right now. You're not ready for it. I can't give it to you, but the spirit of truth is gonna come and when he comes, he's gonna keep doing what I was doing in my place. He's gonna guide you into all truth. Jack Nicholson, not a theologian, Warren Wearsby is actually a theologian. I've quoted him to you before. This is what he says about John chapter 16, verses 12 and 13. Our Lord, talking about Jesus, was always careful to give his disciples the right amount of truth at the best time, and this is always the mark of a great teacher. 
The Holy Spirit is our teacher today, and he follows that same principle. He teaches us the truths we need to know, when we need them, and when we are ready to receive them. Now, come on, we got to stop. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God like that, that gives us the truths that we need to know when we're ready to receive them, and he always guides us into truth. It's amazing. See, Jesus had very limited time when he was here on earth. We estimated it was 33 years. And when he was here, Jesus only shared truth with his disciples. But they needed more time to learn all that he had to give them. The Bible is full of truth, but every topic is not covered in the Bible, but the Holy Spirit continues to guide us to truth. And you say, wait, I thought every topic was covered in the Bible. But in principle, yes, but there was not internet pornography in Jesus' day, so the Bible can't speak to internet pornography. It can give us principles about righteousness and holiness and godliness, but it doesn't speak to everything specifically, if that makes sense. But the Holy Spirit keeps guiding us into truth because he keeps illuminating the text for us. He keeps expanding upon the words of Jesus for us. And, and I want to talk with you about what kind of truth or what that means. So I'm gonna put the in the vault text back on the screen. I wanna show it to you one more time. And before we dive too far into that, let me say this. Next Sunday, Pastor D and Faith are coming back. They're coming home. Be here. If you can, be here at 8 a.m. and then take mom out to breakfast and then go home and clean the house. And all the moms said, I mean, I'm trying to earn points today. The reason I say that is because we're pretty full already this morning. Next week's gonna be really full. Don't let that discourage you. Be here, bring mom to church. Let me try again. Bring mom to church. Bring mom. Okay, here we go. All right. But I'm saying that because in two weeks from today, 21st of May, I want to talk to you specifically about the ways that God speaks to us and how we can know for sure that it's him. Don't raise your hands, but we would all raise our hands if I said, how many have ever questioned whether or not it was God? How many sometimes we're not sure, am I making this up or is this God really speaking to me? So in two weeks from today, I'm gonna talk about that. How do we know for sure God's speaking to us and in what ways does God speak to us? But that message on the 21st would not make sense if we didn't first talk about the reality of the Holy Spirit's activity as the one who guides us into truth. I'm gonna leave you with a couple principles today based just on this scripture alone. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what, has, what he has heard. So there's the first thing. He will tell you what he has heard. The second thing, he will tell you about the future. The third thing, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So three ways, and there are many, but three ways based just on this passage that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. First, he will tell you what, you, what uh, he has heard. Excuse me, he will tell you what he has heard. I touched on this just a second ago, but the Holy Spirit will be able to tell us even more than Jesus had time to tell us. Why? Because Jesus says, until I leave, the Holy Spirit can't come. But once I leave, the Holy Spirit will come and he will continue the work. Can you imagine trying to learn everything that Jesus had to tell us, but only having three years time to do it? We would be discouraged and we would be like, where's the rest of it? Hang on, there's, there's so much more. And he says, yes, there's so much more, but the Holy Spirit's gonna continue to be your counselor, your guide and your teacher. And because the Holy Spirit is God, we can trust that he's sharing directly from God to us. In other words, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, we ought to be listening. Have you ever met a person like that in your life who doesn't talk very much, but when they do, everybody sits up and like, can you repeat that? Uh, the Holy Spirit isn't that person who doesn't talk very much, but every time the Holy Spirit is speaking, we can trust that he is communicating truth from God to us. The second thing that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would do is that he would tell us about the future. And it doesn't mean like the Back to the Future movie where they found the sports almanac and they could go bet on the games and they could make the money. It doesn't mean he's gonna tell you who's gonna win the Super Bowl or things like that. Think about this in context. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He knows what's about to happen to them. They're not understanding it. He's preparing them for, guys, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna leave you, but I'm gonna send you with the Holy Spirit. And so he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, as your advocate, as your guide, he's gonna help you understand why I had to die. 
He's gonna help you to come to terms with the reality that I have risen and that I am alive and that I am seated at the right hand of the Father. He's gonna empower you to continue to do this work and to share the gospel message to the ends of the earth. He's gonna be with you when you face persecution and when you're, when you're harmed for my name and when you're put on trial because of your faith in me, he's going to still be with you. So he's saying he's gonna tell you about the future. He's gonna guide you into truth for the future. For you and I, we know those things. We know about the resurrection. We know about the crucifixion. We know about our mission. We know those things, but there's still a lot that we don't know with regard to the end times. And we just taught that message series, and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to understand the things that are to come. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're aware of and recognize the Spirit's activity and God's plan. Because uh, uh, the thing is, the Holy Spirit not only tells us about the future, but He gives us peace about the future. Satan always wants us to live in confusion and in fear and in worry and in doubt, but Jesus wants us to have peace. The third thing that it says that Jesus says the Holy Spirit will do is he says he will tell you whatever he receives from me. Jesus says the Holy Spirit's gonna tell you what he receives from me. Now the, the, the expression or the phrase that you may or may not have heard before is straight from the horse's mouth. You heard that one? Please don't ever say that in reference to your wife. I don't know from experience, but I just can imagine that bad things would happen if you, if you said that. That phrase originated in Britain, in London area, UK, when they wanted to know the age of a horse. And the way that you know the age of the horse is you get real close to the horse's mouth and you examine the teeth of the horse. And based on the teeth of the horse, you can tell the age of the horse. How old is that horse? Well, I can tell you straight from the horse's mouth. What does it mean? I've had my head really close to the face of a horse. The word there that, although it's kind of funny, but the word that we have to understand is there's an intimacy there. You can't be that close to the horse and not, you know what I mean? You like, I got that connection. God's not a horse. The Holy Spirit's not a horse. But we are created to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit that when he speaks to us, we know that it is coming from God because he is God. That God is speaking and communicating directly to us what we need to hear He's showing us the things that are to come. He's teaching us about the future. The Holy Spirit is God, and when he speaks truth, he speaks truth on behalf of God. Satan is not God, and when he speaks, he lies to us constantly. But when Jesus speaks, it's always truth, and we need truth. We need God's truth in our life. I have yet to meet a person. I've yet to pray for a person or counsel with a person that says, I just wish more people would lie to me. I just wish I had to face more lies. No, what did I say? I'm sick of being lied to. I'm tired of lies. I want to know the truth. The Holy Spirit is God. He is truth. He guides us into truth. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Because I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And as we talked about a minute ago, when we do that, we're receiving the Holy Spirit into our life. We're, we're allowing God's presence to live in us through the Holy Spirit. You say, no, I'm, I'm too far from God. I've done too much. I've messed up. Don't worry about that. He, he knows all truth. He wants to guide you and lead you into truth. And not only does he know the things that you've done, but he's willing to forgive you. He died on the cross that you could be made right with God. That's truth. That all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's best for our lives. But God sent Jesus to restore us to himself, to the Father, so that we could have fellowship and intimacy and relationship with him and we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to make us like him and we start a new spiritual life with him. That's truth from God. It's communicated directly from his word, from Jesus, through the Holy Spirit to our hearts. This morning, if you're here and you are not in a relationship with God, we just call that saying yes to Jesus. This means you're welcoming his presence, his activity, his friendship in your life. If you're here and you say, man, I, I did that a long time ago, but it's different and, and things have changed and I'm not that person anymore, you can recommit yourself to the Lord. You can rededicate and say, you know what? I've messed up, but I'm not gonna be that person any longer. I'm going to recommit myself to God and His plan and His purpose for my life. 
in just a moment, if, if you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand, but you have my promise to you that I won't embarrass you. You won't have to come down front. There won't be anything weird or awkward. We're just going to pray with you. We're going to pray for you as a church family. You might be watching us online this morning. You're a part of this church family. And if you are, would you just right now text the word yes in your chat box? Just put yes. Let us know what God is doing in your life. If you're in this room this morning and you'd like to say yes to Jesus, would you just slip up your hand right now? Again, I won't embarrass you. Thank you for that hand that has gone up. Anyone else, you want to join this one that has slipped up a hand? I think I missed another one there that has lifted up their hand. Anybody else, you want to say yes to Jesus? Thank you. There was that other one I think that I missed. Anyone else, you say yes. I want to say yes to Jesus today. I want to receive him into my heart and into my life. Thank you for your courage, both those of you that are watching us, those of you in this room that were courageously and confidently lifting your hand to Jesus. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's truth from his word. So this morning, I'm going to lead all of us in a prayer of confession where we just accept and receive the work that he has done for us. Would you pray this prayer with me, everyone across this room? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today, I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Come on, as you're standing, let's give him thanks for what he has done today. Come on, he deserves the best praise. Better than Whataburger. He deserves the best one. Amen. Now, I know that we're kind of up it against the time, but I'm so sick of being worried about time. Anybody else with me? Can we just let God be God for a minute? Jackson is just doing an amazing job playing this music. You don't need to hear my voice anymore. We're just going to tune into the Spirit for maybe 60 or 90 seconds. You might want to lift up your hands. You might want to just bow your head and close your eyes. We're just going to get quiet for a second, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit to speak to us because He's always speaking, and He's always speaking truth. So I'm going to turn my mic off, and I invite you for just a second. Don't, don't talk. Just listen. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. isn't confined to a room. The Holy Spirit isn't confined to a building. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And so throughout this week, throughout the time to come, would you practice new ways of listening for the Holy Spirit? Whenever you feel like, man, maybe God just spoke to me. Maybe you should write it down, test it against scripture and see if it is truly God that's speaking to you. He's not the author of chaos or confusion. He's the author of peace. And so in moments like this, if you find peace while the Holy Spirit moves and you feel like he's prompting you with something, then it's God. Let God direct your every step. I would be amiss if I didn't go ahead and say something for our next generation. Our youth service tonight is actually starting a series on the summer slump is what it's called. And a lot of you guys are like, summer slump? I know there's a lot of excitement that comes, summer comes, school's out, you have freedom, woohoo, parents are like, yeah, that's great. No, but students have this time where they think it's going to be amazing and what happens often is they start to become more isolated because they're not around friends all the time, they're stuck in one kind of area and they don't necessarily have that same interaction that they have while at school and you can find yourself in a slump really easily. So what we're gonna be starting talking about is how do we silence the slump? 
How do we silence the slumps of life whenever they come? And it's going to be something that's so empowering and such a blessing that I want to say if you have students that are fifth or sixth through 12th grade students that could come tonight, 530 to 730, we would love to be able to reach out to them and just teach them more ways that they can overcome the slumps of life whenever they encounter them. But as we leave today, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all. So if you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.